This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, Episode 190, The Ninja Belts of Bank on Yourself. Traditional financial planning is no longer working. And in the new normal economy, your host, certified financial planner Mark Willis, invites you to join us as we engage the new and improved steps for establishing financial sanity. Be curious, be stable, be sane. This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think different about your money, your economy, and your future. Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode. We've got a lot of ground to cover today, and it's going to be a high-flying, ninja-packed episode, so I want to get right into it. You know, I've learned over the years, bank on yourself strategies uh, can really range from the insanely simple to the infinitely complex. It's really remarkable, the strategies, tactics that clients are either showing to me or that we're discovering together in my conversations with folks one-on-one. You know, there's even been a number of people who've reached out to me after hearing a number of our episodes, and they'd like to use one of the strategies that we mentioned in one of our shows, you know, strategies for real estate investing and bank on yourself or funneling your annual tax bill through your policies and so much more. Other people are really struck by the refreshingly simple strategy for saving and protecting our wealth that does not rely on things we can't control. You know, people are just happy to have a forced savings plan to set up for themselves and their kids and their future. In martial arts, there are a number of belts that signify colors representing the amount of work and effort that you've put into your training. Now, as we mentioned in the previous episode, the theory goes or the myth goes that practitioners would wear white belts, but then never wash the belt. And that meant that the more they would practice, the more the belt would change colors. And I really want to just emphasize here that there is no right or wrong color. You know, you don't, you're not better or worse for having a white belt versus a black belt. And not everybody should feel pressure to progress towards some sort of final outcome. Just like not everybody who starts karate should make a black belt the goal. Maybe it's just learning the goal or the thrill of controlling your body or learning a new hobby or hanging out with friends or improving your own health and balance. You know, so belts in and them themselves don't make the warrior. For example, if you wrap a black belt around a brand new, just hot, hot off the presses karate participant, you put that brand new guy in a ring full of other real black belt fighters, it is not going to end well for that newbie. And it's not the belt that makes the warrior. It's the skill. So with that said, and using the belt metaphor, I believe it can be a helpful framework as we discuss various different bank on yourself strategies, since a lot of the strategies are appropriate for certain clients and others are definitely not. In fact, if you use the wrong strategy for your skill level, even with the guarantees and predictability of bank on yourself, uh, you could still get hurt. You could still mess up one of these policies or your financial future if you do this wrong. So For today's episode, I thought I'd take a look at several different strategies we've discussed on this podcast over the years. It's more of a review episode, uh, but I'm going to be categorizing it with the eye toward karate belts. So we'll be doing a deep dive into the ninja belts of bank on yourself. uh, And I'll also give a sober nod to the real ninjas out there who are listening. Uh, So first of all, I realize that the order of the colors I might be listing today might be different from your type of martial arts that you studied. 
Uh, please, you know, just bypass that. I'm going to go with a color system from one of the more popular forms of martial arts out there. But I do realize colors and stripes might be different in your training. So just guys, just roll with this metaphor. I hope it'll make sense as we go through. Okay, so the first belt is the white belt, the white belt. And what is the bank on yourself white belt? Well, uh, in essence, the white belt is starting to save from your cash flow, possibly starting your first policy and paying your premiums monthly. That is the white belt strategy. Now, there's a lot of common ways we've been um, able to find ways to help people start the bank on yourself strategy using the white belt. Uh, and typically that's done in a one-on-one -on -one financial analysis. We'll do a cash flow uh, consultation. It might mean looking over your monthly expenses and deciding to cut out things like a cable bill or those 15 lattes uh, each month. It might mean selling one of your financed cars that you're paying on every month and driving a used car instead. Or it might mean consolidating some of your credit cards that were at a high interest rate to a zero interest card for 18 months to free up some cash for your policy. You know, it might, in, it might even include replacing your term insurance premiums or redirecting what you were otherwise putting into other cash savings or investments to put into a policy instead. Now, in fact, we found over 20 ways that we've been able to help clients free up monthly or annual money to help them start a policy at the white belt level. Now, in karate, you have to learn a full 16 moves just to get to the next level. So I'm curious, how many moves are you making in your monthly budget to maximize your cash flow? If you had a number, think about that for a minute. If you had a number less than 10, you might want to go back to the mat and practice some basic moves and maybe up your game. Remember, there is no shame in the fundamentals. There's no shame in the fundamentals. And we're never too sophisticated in our financial life to go back to the basics. Uh, in fact, the white belt is sometimes the hardest belt to master. Just like a, a couch to 5K run could, for many people, be harder than a marathon. Uh, so just get going, get off the couch and get going. That is the white belt strategy, funding a policy at a monthly level. Let's move on. So the next ninja belt in the bank on yourself system here is the orange belt, which is a monthly contribution or premium plus a lump sum kickstart with an emphasis on the kick. All right, so this one is pretty straightforward, but it's one step above the white belt. In this strategy, you're able to save on a monthly basis, just like the white belt. However, we add an extra layer. The distinguishing mark here is with this belt is that you add right away a lump sum into the policy. It's almost like you've proven that you've already begun to save elsewhere, maybe in a savings account or money market account. That could be done with regular windfalls. Maybe it's an annual tax refund. Maybe it's your company's annual bonus. And when you've already had some money saved due to your previous discipline, then you've got this extra cash in a money market account or savings earning nothing over there. And by putting it into a policy paid up additions rider instead, uh, you're able to have a ton of extra advantages. So, you know, typically we don't recommend folks keep much more than a couple of months of cash in a regular normal savings account. Uh, why is that? Well, remember a bank on yourself type policy is extremely liquid and you can get the money out in about a week or two. So any major emergencies that can be covered with your policy, anything within a week or so, you could just use your regular savings account instead, but beyond a week or two, maybe you tap your policy 
to, to draw on for those larger emergencies. By keeping that cash in your policy, it gives you a, an extra kickstart, a leg up in your savings journey. So for those of you who've mastered the art of living within your means and you've moved on from the white belt, you might try an orange belt strategy. You know, that's where you reposition that lump sum of cash savings into the policy. So it might be, you know, money market accounts, CDs, savings bonds, brokerage accounts, and more. It might be that you've got an old life insurance policy that was not designed to bank on yourself way. In this case, we'll do something called a tax-free rollover from the cash value savings of your old life insurance policy and put it into the new bank on yourself designed whole life policy. This is known as a 1035 tax-free exchange. Now, we just recently at our uh, financial firm, Lake Growth Financial Services, had somebody move over $200,000 from an imploding indexed universal life policy and into a sleek bank on yourself type whole life policy. In fact, the 1035 exchange is so cool, guys, we might just do an episode on it in the not so distant future. So in all these cases mentioned, you've already proven that you've saved money and that's the goal of the white belt. Now with the orange belt, you're repositioning all of your savings into bank on yourself design policies on top of that monthly commitment. Next is the red belt. This is where we have annual premiums that you pay for once a year and you save them up all year long. So moving on to the red belt, this is essentially using your premium as a receptacle for your annual windfalls. So this is slightly different from the orange belt. In fact, you could really think of the orange belt as sort of a blend or hybrid between the first one, the white belt, and the red belt. In the white belt, we're just saving monthly what we can save scratched together out of our monthly cash flow. In the orange belt, we're saving monthly with lump sums. The red belt has no monthly payments. It's just dumping in annual lump sums once a year. Now, as a rule of thumb, we typically see these lump sums on the red belt becoming more and more significant and a larger portion of one's total income. For example, it could be 20% of your income or more uh, as we approach the red belt strategy. Now, a lot of people are really surprised when I tell them that you do not have to pay for a policy monthly, uh, that it could simply be paid with an annual lump sum. And that's a relief to a lot of business owners who don't have or want to have a large monthly uh, ongoing obligation. So where could you come up with cash for the red belt? Maybe it's an annual performance bonus. Maybe it's annual restricted stock options that are now vested and made available to you. Maybe it's the sale of a piece of real estate that you have each year as you do flips, for example, real estate flips. The red belt strategy is especially relevant, I think, for business owners who have regular windfalls. Maybe it's that annual end of year business review, or maybe it's a, a you know, maybe it's a Q4 surge in your sales, for example. And you could use that money to fund a policy in a systematic way. Or importantly, if you've got annual systematic withdrawals and distributions coming out of your qualified retirement plans, a lot of seniors and, and retirees have this trouble. You know, say, for example, that you'd like to reposition your 401k, your tax deferred stock market based 401k or IRA, and you'd like to move those funds out of qualified monies and into a whole life policy as a means of maybe diversifying your tax strategy and protecting it against market volatility. Now, quite a few of our pre-retiree clients and post-retiree clients have made a decision on their own to do that with their cash. One gentleman in particular was recently fed up with the market madness and the threat of increasing taxes. 
So he is in the middle of uh, a multi-year project where he's taking $40,000 a year out of his 401k, paying the taxes on that money and putting it into a bank on yourself designed whole life policy. By doing this, he'll solve several problems with one simple shift. He'll have extra cash out of pocket. He won't have to pay for this out of pocket on a monthly basis. He's using the red belt strategy. So by paying for this policy annually, by the way, just a side note, you'll get a discount on the premium above and beyond the policy if it's funded annually over and against funding something monthly. So from the insurance company's perspective, there's less administrative burden. So that's just a great way to pass on savings when you fund a policy annually. And by the way, now's a good time to mention that this annual lump sum can also be a single premium, meaning a one-time only lump sum premium. Uh, you don't have to fund it annually. The red belt also includes a single premium concept. And we go into detail in this in episode 91 and episode 173. This too is the red belt strategy. Another belt in the bank on yourself system is the yellow belt. And this and the next belt actually too have less to do with the mode of payment, what we've done so far. And the next two belts really are more about the intention behind starting the policy. In other words, the yellow and then the next belt green are more about the motivation and focus of the policy that we're starting. The yellow belt is setting your intention of policies on various important people people in your life. These might be policies on children, your kiddos. It might be policies on parents for covering legacy or long-term care type events, chronic illness, etc. It might be covering business partners through something called a buy-sell life insurance agreement. Having an individual policy on specific people, I believe, makes a ton of sense. For example, you can help your children get up and started on the right foot for college or life beyond college. I mean, it gives them a lifetime of compounding growth by setting a policy on their life early on. Or you could establish a fund to take care of your elderly parents if they should need some chronic care or nursing home care or home health care in their later years. And guys, you can generate your own inheritance income tax-free by setting up policies on your parents. And, you know, even setting up policies on business partners can make a ton of sense if one of you should pass away and the surviving spouse maybe does not want to become an unwilling business partner that neither of you expected or wanted. Plus, it gives a line of credit to the business uh, that you can help the business then withstand tough times and take advantage of opportunities. So there are a ton of episodes we've done on the Yellow Belt over our many years of being in, in the podcasting space. If you'd like to listen to any of these, please take note of these episodes. Uh, policies on spouses, please listen to episode 43. Policies on children, episode 174. Policies on your aging parents, episode 104 and 105. Policies on business partners and employees, check out episode 177. And finally, policies on charitable organizations that you care about, listen to episode 169. Now, many of our clients have multiple policies on themselves. Yes. <laughs> yes, I should mention, you can do that. You can have multiple policies on yourself. And you can even go beyond to get policies on family members and business associates as well. The key piece, the key piece to remember in the yellow belt is that your family and your business partnerships are the most important assets in your life. Emotionally, yes. Spiritually, yes. And even financially, 
make sure that you're putting policies on each person that's important to you in your life. The green belt, the green belt, opening policies for specific purposes. Now, this could be business inventory. It could be real estate investing, paying down loans over a reasonable period of time before taking another loan. That's the key piece to the green belt. Now, while life insurance is based on insuring a human life, no matter what the belt is, right? It's all about the death benefit protection that comes from life insurance at the end of the day. When we set up life insurance policies using the green belt strategy, there's a significant additional focus. Uh, from the other strategies that we've covered thus far. The Greenbelt strategy uses a policy for a very specific purpose. In fact, we might even have a portfolio of policies designed around different purposes. For example, you might have a policy for all of your vehicles that you purchase, and there might be another policy for the kid's college, and then a policy ensuring that dad and mom, if you've named them, let's say, um, the insured to protect their lives. A lot of clients use policies for personal and then other policies for business reasons. It just helps keep the numbers straight in their minds or on paper. So for example, maybe you've got a small real estate business on the side. You might decide to open a, a policy specifically for your real estate practice. Then you might have another small business that you run for your day job. So you might have a policy set for inventory or annual expenses through the business. You might have a third policy for vacations and consumer purchases like cars. And you might have another one for your, each of your kid college funds. Now, our Lake Growth Debt Snowbank method falls into this green ninja belt. And this is the debt snowbank method, where you open up the policy with the purpose of paying off your debts uh, using this feature. Now, we go into this strategy in great detail in episode 75, where we actually contrast the debt snow bank method with Dave Ramsey's debt snowball method. Now using the debt snow bank method, you continue to pay your debts, at least at the minimums, keep them all current, but then put everything else that you comfortably can of your cash flow into a policy. Over time, you'll see your debts coming down and you'll see the policy quickly building in cash value accumulation. After a time, the policy's cash value is equal to one of your debts. And you can take a policy loan to wipe out the debt. Now your policy is continuing to grow and build value even on the capital you borrowed to pay off the debt. By starting and using the policy for this very specific purpose, you're better than debt-free. Now, guys, this is just one of the many ways to use your green belt strategy, opening policies for specific purposes. Uh, really, this is where my wife and I started. You know, we used the white belt strategy, paying monthly, with the goal of wiping out our student loan debts, kind of the green belt. So, you know, I hear ninja belts can sometimes have colored stripes. So maybe we had a white belt with green stripes on it, maybe. I mean, you can take this metaphor as far as you want to go, right? Of course, you can run and operate loans, policy loans, for any purpose out of any one of your policies. It's not like they're going to tell you, hey, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. This is your car policy. You can't use it for you know, kids' college. No, of course not. The life insurance company does not care uh, how and when you use the policy loan feature in terms of what you're using the money for. They essentially ask you two questions. How much money do you want out of your policy? And where do you want us to send it? That's about all the questions they ask. Now, you can run that loan for any purpose out of the policies, but it's a mindset and a skill level that takes patience and diligence. 
to pay back the loan and to repay it and only to take loans for specific reasons and not for other reasons. So for those willing to control which policies they draw on and how much to take out, the Greenbelt strategy can be a significant pathway to freedom and the awareness of what it takes to build up a strategy that helps you accomplish your goals. So if you'd like to learn more about the Green Belt strategy, listen to episodes 177, 147, 109, which talks about businesses' lines of credit, and then uh, episode 27, where we get into college funding strategies, among a ton of other episodes out there. Now, one of the understandings and skills to master in the Green Belt strategy is to take policy loans for various big ticket items like vacations and real estate, and then make sure that you're intentionally and immediately having a strategy for repaying the loan over a reasonable period of time. Now, this will be distinguished to the purple belt, which is coming up next. So keep in mind, you take a loan off the green belt and you're immediately paying that loan off in a monthly way over a reasonable period of time. So this will generally be done before the next loan is taken out. You know, so you're going to take a loan for this car and you won't buy another car out of the policy until this first loan is paid off. That's the green belt strategy. Now, we recommend folks use our bank on yourself budgeting tool that we've made exclusively for Lake Growth clients to help you employ the green belt strategy in your financial life. If you want that tool, the bank on yourself uh, budgeting tool we've made exclusively for Lake Growth clients, you got to reach out to us and become a client to get it. Go to nyafinancialpodcast.com, click on request a 15-minute meeting, and I'd be happy to sit down, chat with you, and see if we'd be a good fit. Next is the purple belt. This is where we have some slight differences uh, in the use of the loan feature. Now, just a reminder, as we're moving through these belts, and we're moving pretty quickly, I realize, it's important to understand that no belt is better than another. No one should be making a goal of getting from one belt to another just because I'm reading these in a particular order does not mean that one is better for you than the next. So with that in mind, let's talk about the purple belt. Now, there are associated risks with this belt. I guess there are with all of these belts. Uh, and I want to talk specifically about how you can use this tool, this particular strategy, uh, the purple belt, to maximize the... <laughs> the way you pay for annual annoying expenses uh, in your life. So say, for example, that you have a massive tax bill due every year. Now, without knowing about the purple belt, all you can really do is write that check with tears falling from your eyes out of your checking account for your annual tax bill every year. While it's nice to have the tax bill done and paid for, there is that, I mean, I just can't get over that empty feeling inside where you just lost another sizable chunk of your wealth to the IRS. Now, the skills you learn in the purple belt will allow you to funnel those annual tax payments into the policy as premium, combined typically with other savings to help out with insurance costs, especially in the early years. And then each April, when taxes are due, you take a massive loan from the life insurance cash value and pay your taxes. The IRS stays happy since the taxes are paid, and you're happy because you're getting the uninterrupted compound growth of the cash value due to non-direct recognition policy loans. Again, as a reminder, when you borrow from these policies, they continue to grow as if you had not touched a dime of the money. 
Now, in the previous, the green belt strategy, I mentioned that the rule of thumb uh, was to pay back that loan over a reasonable period of time before you take out another loan. Now, I still believe in paying off that loan over a reasonable period of time, but the purple belt is different in that you're taking policy loans every year without immediately starting to repay that loan. It's just going to see that loan balance grow larger and larger and larger each and every year. Now, it's, an, it's fine and actually encouraged to pay that loan off as soon as you can. The sooner, the better. Um, and in the purple belt, the loan repayment is not going to be paid monthly, but rather you'll find you'll pay it off with significant windfalls as you come across them in the future. This is especially helpful if you're a business owner or a real estate investor. So, so for example, if you had a tax bill and let's say you took a loan every year and you only paid the loan off every five years or even every 20 years, let's say you took that policy loan and, and the loan value built up to a million bucks and yet you don't pay off the policy loan until you sell your business or sell all that real estate in the 20th year. Even after all of that, you could walk away with your entire cash value with no loan against it and ready for a retirement tax-free. Now, the Purple Belt strategy is designed and it takes a bit more digestional fortitude. How's that for a phrase? Than most of the other strategies we've mentioned because you're holding off on that big payout in the future. The benefit is you get 20 years of compound growth on an annual tax bill that was previously just dropping to $0 every time you wrote the check to the IRS. Now, please realize, this is very important, so come back to me if you've been multitasking. Please realize that a policy loan that never gets repaid is not a good strategy. Okay, not a good strategy. We go into this in great detail with Jim Conrad during the eight rules of Bank on Yourself in episode 114. So go back and listen to that. Loans that are not repaid run the risk of lapsing your policy. So let's talk about what it actually means to lapse a policy. At one level, it is a big deal. At another, it's not a big deal. On the not so big a deal side, it's not going to be reported that you lapsed a policy to the newspapers or, or even your credit report. Uh, the life insurance company will not repo your car or anything like that. It's not going to ding your credit. They simply cancel the life insurance. However, there is a real risk on the big side that you could have taxes due on all the gains in the policy if you surrender or lapse the policy and there are gains. That usually happens after the first few years of a policy's lifetime. Also, when a policy lapses, you'd lose the death benefit, which of course you'd hope to leave to your family. So these are both risks that you have to run Anytime you have a whole life policy at all, and this explicitly is mentioned now in the purple belt, because you might be going multiple years without paying off your loan. So if you understand these risks and you have a means to mitigate them, it can be the purple belt can be a helpful tool to help you overcome the risk of losing hundreds of thousands or even millions of dollars to major big ticket items over your lifetime. In fact, I was looking back over Bank, uh, Becoming Your Own Banker. Nelson Nash's eponymous book, Becoming Your Own Banker, brings up the purple belt in not so many words, and he offers some other examples. In addition to tax payments, he brings up auto insurance premiums, your mortgage escrow, your kid's college tuition payments, or years and years and years of your child's private school tuition payments, and really anything else that regularly takes money out of your pocket. So for a more in-depth discussion on the Purple Belt, listen to episode 87 to find out more about how we use it and even a webinar uh, showing how it works. So once again, I don't recommend this or any Purple Belt or any color belt really until you, I've seen your overall situation. 
but not to tell you about this strategy would also be a disservice to you. Next is the Brown Belt, which is what we call a system of policies involving more than three generations. Now, guys, this one is one of my favorites because it's where a system of policies can be set up on each of the family, multiple generations. And on top of that, we, in essence, create something called a family office. So practically speaking, the Brown Belt is used when grandparents get policies on the grandkids, adults get policies on the grandparents and vice versa, so on and so on. In fact, one couple we work with as clients now have over 30 policies for the whole family and counting. In addition, grandma, grandpa, and the adult children, each time a grandkid is born in this family, another policy gets started. It might even be seen as sort of crude, maybe, to some listening to start life insurance on little babies. Uh, but to this family, and to me, and to many of our other clients, it's done from the vantage point of love and the desire to see wealth passed on. Each baby in that family is the greatest addition to the family's true wealth. It's not dollars. It's not cents. It's not that. It's love. It's connection. That's the power of the brown belt strategy. So what makes the belt, this brown belt idea different than the one earlier, the yellow belt? If you remember, that's the one where we get policies on specific people. The real difference with the brown belt is that we have a regular system of communication and intention. So in addition to actually just writing the life insurance policy on family members, clients using the brown belt will set up something called a family office, which could be very formal or informal. Really, it's whatever the family wishes it to be. What does the family office look like? Well, essentially, it's a regular meeting where the family keeps records, takes notes, has discussions, usually over a meal, and the family discusses the policies, the portfolio of investments they might be making, uh, the performance of each of the policies that they might have, any outstanding policy loans, and a game plan and preview of the financial year to come for the family. We've had families meet at annual ski vacations or on the beach or just in their backyard after Thanksgiving dinner. You know, I've been privileged to meet with some of them at our conference room table, and especially lately, I'll meet with them across the country on Zoom. Oftentimes, grandparents of the family will share and remind the family of all the values and principles of the family, not just the annual statements get shared, but oftentimes family values get shared too. Sometimes the family will even make an acronym of their last name. I thought this was a really cool idea. You'll make a, a write out your last name, spell it all out. Each letter of your last name becomes a characteristic or personality trait that exemplifies what the family wants to be. So Smith, you'd come up with an acronym, S-M-I-T-H, each of those being a different value that the family holds. So we go into great detail in this strategy, the Brown Belt strategy in episode 102, the family office concept. So go back and listen to that one. Uh, but remember, guys, the key here is to prepare your people for the money. Don't just prepare the money for the people. <gasps> and finally, the black belt strategy. Guys, to put it directly, the black belt strategy is where your premiums equal 100% of your total income. So if your jaws are dropping, <laughs> let me say that again. The premiums equal your income 100%. So over the years, I've noticed that a lot of people who really begin to study the strategy of bank on yourself to really adopt it as a philosophy, oftentimes they reach this conclusion on their own. When they start to see that if they ran a few cars or vacations, 
through a policy, it adds tremendous wealth to their bottom line. So they take that to its logical conclusion and they say to me, Mark, why not just add more and more of my cash flow to this until my entire financial life is flowing through my policy? That's a great question. The, the logic is sound. It makes sense. And when the black belt strategy is deployed, it's a beautiful thing to behold. It's much like watching a black belt karate master hold full control over his or her body in the dojo, mastering his opponent. It's also super incredibly fraught with danger and not a strategy I recommend or suggest to 99% of people listening or even most of our clients. Yeah, sure, there are plenty of YouTube advisors out there who would love to increase their insurance commissions by using this strategy. So I'll say it again, this strategy is one that does work in the right circumstances, but don't be sold to do it just because you heard about it on YouTube. So why am I bringing up this strategy if it is fraught with peril and danger? Well, at some level, it's one we could maybe all aspire to, even if we never attain. You know, as the father of the concept, Nelson Nash says on page 52 of his book, Becoming Your Own Banker, he says, and I quote, you can expand your premium to accommodate all your income, end quote. So plus, besides Nelson bringing it up, I'd rather talk to you about this than you hear about it on some YouTube channel where they're encouraging every single person to do it. So let's learn about the black belt strategy and see if it's something for you to consider with your bank and yourself professional, you know, work with your martial arts instructor. Do not try this at home alone. So the hardest part of the black belt strategy, honestly, is to conceive of how it works. And here are the four steps to the black belt strategy. Step one, earn your income, whether it's active or passive income, just bring in some cash. Step two, put all of it into policies. Step three, borrow out what you must and live on that amount, which you, know, you really must live on less than you make here in order for step three to be possible. And step four is usually where most people forget to, to conclude their thoughts. So step four is you have to pay off that massive loan that you're accumulating with massive future windfalls. So the power of the strategy is that it completely maximizes the use of every single dollar that flows through your fingers. I mean, think of it, guys. Right now, you're depositing all of your paycheck into a bank, someone else's bank, all of it, right? 100% of your income goes into their bank. And then you're using your income to make purchases out of that bank. Again, this is somebody else's bank. So why do you do this? Nelson Nash says in his book, and I quote, it's because our paradigm is fixed. We've learned a pattern of life in our culture, which is virtually impossible for us to change. But this does not mean it cannot be done, end quote. He goes on to say, quote, it always sounds a bit strange when I tell people that premiums and income should match, end quote. Man, Nelson, you rock, man. You are always blowing my mind. You are the grand dojo master. I, guys, he is referring to the black belt strategy here. But I think there's one thing he mistakenly overlooks. He's overlooking some of the risks. So let's get into the risks and considerations of the black belt. Now, the black belt strategy presumes a few things. It presumes that you have a future windfall where you can someday somehow pay off that policy loan. Please realize, again, I said it earlier, if loans are not repaid and you're taking maximum loans out, you run the risk of lapsing your policy, which in the later years, your policy could have some tax consequences due. A, a second consideration, you have to live like a Spartan when it comes to the first few years of this strategy, living on less than you make. 
since there are insurance costs involved, it, let's say, for example, you make 100 grand and you're somehow able to get approved for $100,000 a year of premium. So you're putting 100 grand into a policy. In the first year, you might only have $65,000 to $80,000 available in cash value in the first year, which means you're going to have to live on a lot less than 100 grand, your total income. Now, the good news is uh, a couple of years of Spartan living. Uh, you'll be able to live on more than your contributions. For for example, in year four or five, you're still plugging away, putting that hundred grand a year into your policy, and now your policy might be growing at 105 to 110 grand that year. You know, it's just due to the design of the contract. The policy grows at a faster rate every year. As long as you're managing that policy loan, you're going to continue to watch your cash value increase faster than you can contribute to it. So you can begin living on a slightly better lifestyle now in year five while keeping your loan balance in check. How can you do this? Well, really, it comes down to unexpected and expected windfalls that service that loan interest and even use dividends if you had to to cover the loan interest while you wait for that larger windfall. Now, there's more good news here too. Over time, the cash value becomes great enough to cover your entire lifestyle. And while some people wait until retirement to do this, it can be done earlier on, even if you chose to do it five, 10 years in, uh, and you never pay off the loans during your lifetime in a retirement scenario. Uh, the, the game plan from day one involved strategies where you take policy loans for your retirement. Now, again, you still have to manage the loans, uh, even in that scenario. Now, the final consideration is getting approved for this life insurance. Underwriters don't just uh, approve you for any number of premium you want to put in. So you really have to prove to the underwriters that you're, oh, insurable at that, at that amount. If you're making 100 grand a year, you're going to have to prove to underwriters a pretty good reason why you need that much life insurance. Now, they get the bank on yourself strategy, but too often uh, we forget that underwriters have a very important job to do, which is not to over-insure you. Uh, their job is to say no um, to protect the insurance company's uh, liabilities. And remember, death benefits to underwriters are seen as a liability. They might be an asset to you and your family someday when you pass away, leaving that large death benefit to your family. But to an underwriter, they see that $5 million death benefit as a big fat liability to the company. So you and I and any bank on yourself professional you work with would have to truly come to a legitimate reason why you'd need that much insurance. That's the third and final black belt consideration or risk or limitation, let's say. Now, guys, as we wrap up here, remember the dojo is where it all starts. I mean, what creative ideas has this episode sparked in you? You know, these are not the only colors out there. There are lots of ways and pathways to your journey toward financial freedom. So we start by noticing and standing together with our new information with the new martial arts metaphor, this idea of an informal attention stance. I don't presume that you should have a certain belt when we meet. I really don't. We are, my goal is to have an opening listening ear and to just absorb who you are and where you're trying to go financially. And remember, the belts themselves are not the goal. It's just a piece of fabric. It just keeps your pants up. You know, It's just a milestone on your training journey. What matters is the skill and the enjoyment that you get from the ninja skills and practice in the dojo. In fact, uh, in the Tang Su Du belt system, it's the progression from white to midnight blue, not black, but midnight blue, 
they represent the cycle of the seasons and, and they specifically leave black out because they want the founder anyway of the school thought no one should have a black belt since black represents perfection. So with using dark blue, it's a really a reminder that we're always improving. We're always growing. And it's a reminder from the original ninja, Nelson Nash, who refers to this as the arrival syndrome. Watch out for the arrival syndrome. Never think that you've arrived. Always be learning. Always be growing. Think of ways that work and chuck the things that don't work for you. So take one little piece from this episode and chuck the rest if you had to. But make sure you employ and and, and encourage you to strategize with a bank and yourself professional. Uh, and I'd be happy to serve you in that capacity uh, to figure out if any of these belts or others would be a good fit for you. So with all this in mind, thank you guys for this quick high level overview of many of our episodes from the past. And I look forward to many more from the future. And thank you for joining me for this episode of Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think and live differently with your money, your ninjas, and your future. This has been another episode of the Not Your Average Financial Podcast. To join a financial revolution and start thinking different about money, go to www.nyafinancialpodcast.com and click Request a Meeting. The topics presented in this podcast are for general information only and not for the purposes of providing legal, accounting, or investment advice. On such matters, please consult a professional who knows your specific situation.